0: How's everybody this morning? Man, I love church. I'm glad we got to come to church this morning. I'd rather be here than any place for sure. This is like, it's a privilege to come together with people who are of like faith and to worship. And, and to, I remember whenever the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell, it says they were all in one accord in one place. They weren't talking about a Honda. It, <laughs> But they were, they, I mean, they were getting along. They were getting along. And uh, they were in a one accord in one place, and they enjoyed being there. I enjoy church, enjoy being a part of the family of God. What a cool deal to get to baptize people and, and uh, to know that the kingdom of God is going forward because somebody out there is doing a little bit of fishing. Yeah. Doing fishing for men. What a privilege. We've got a lot of, you remember last week we talked about uh, when fishermen don't fish. You all remember that? And uh, I'd like to recap some of that because I wanted to announce it last week, but I wasn't exactly sure that this was the direction we were going. But as we were going through the week, I felt very strongly impressed to do a part two of when fishermen don't fish. You remember last week we talked about uh, Jesus said, made the statement, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Which begs the question, if we are not fishing for men, are we really followers of Jesus? If we we don't really care about whether people come to follow Christ or not, if we're not out doing and fishing for men and helping people come to know the kingdom of God, to know Jesus, are we really following Jesus if we don't care about whether people go to heaven or hell? It's a good question, I think, because it was important enough to Jesus to say, follow me and I will make you fishers. It happened in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Come and follow me, he said in verse 19. When he was talking, he called Simon Peter and Andrew. You remember Andrew Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, his brother. And he thought it was important enough to know Jesus and to meet Jesus that Andrew said, you've got to come meet this man. Because he was a natural fisherman and then verse twenty-one, James and John, they were they were in the boat with their father Zebedee, and and immediately they left their boats. It's interesting that that they didn't have to have a discussion about whether they really wanted to. They didn't have to have a family meeting. They didn't talk about uh, fringe benefits of following Jesus. They didn't talk about salaries. They didn't talk about vacation time. They didn't talk about four hundred one k benefits. They just immediately left their nets and followed Jesus. And I just want to stir people up this morning, everybody watching online as well, to think about the immediately part of following Jesus and not overthinking it. Think too long, you think too wrong. So he followed, one third of them was following veteran fishermen right out of the fishing fishing business. They, uh, they didn't have a college education. They didn't have a seminary degree. They had not ever gone to Bible school, but they actually went to the greatest Bible school with the greatest teacher of the Bible that could ever be. They went with the one who authored the Bible, Jesus speaking to them and through them. Oh, what, what a privilege. From now on, they would invest their life in the eternal things, the value of the eternal things. In Luke, excuse me, Luke chapter 10, verse 10, it's 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to, see, came to seek and to save what was lost. It's the Son of, listen to the purpose. Listen to the purpose the Son of Man. Jesus came, this is why he came, to seek and to save those who were lost. Now, what we get caught up in, and it kind of blows our thinking, Christ's purpose, is coming was to seek and to save lost people. His key objective was not to bring comfort, happiness, healing, contentment, wealth, and power But he came to seek and to save. Those are all subsidiaries. And too many times we major on the minors when God majored on seeking and saving those who are lost. We want to major on uh, comfort and happiness and more wealth and more power. But he does all of these things as as he wills. But please don't confuse his main purpose with his residual purpose. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I'll preach a little bit better if y'all talk back at me. (laughs) John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you, he said. He said, my Father sent me. Now I'm going to send you. The question we posed last week was, is a person really a fisherman if year after year he never catches any fish? Is... One really following Jesus, if he's not fishing. The most challenging question that was asked by the young man. You remember the story last week, and if you if you weren't here last week, I uh, I just encourage you to go back online and listen to the message, part one of this sermon, because it, it. But there was a young man, and he posed a question: If you really are a fisherman, then where are your fish? Fishermen always want to show you a picture of their fish. They're like, that fish was <clears throat> that far from the bank. No. <laughs> I have a friend up in Colorado, and he, he loves, loves, loves to fish. Uh, and just just crazy about it. And so I wanted to show you a picture of my friend in Colorado. He's probably not watching this morning. It's probably a good thing because I'm going to talk about him. But... <laughs> If we could show the picture of Albert up there. This is a this is a picture of of uh, of us catching fish in Colorado. I'm going to tell you what it is in case it doesn't come up. Oh, there it is. So you can tell he's just a little bit. He's a mess, is what he is, but he's a lot of fun to be around, and I told him we needed to catch our fish. So he wanted to be sure that everybody knew on the, that looked at the picture that his fish was bigger than mine. You know how real fishermen are, right? And, and Albert is ate up with comp- competition, and so he wants everybody to know and the reason that his fish is bigger than mine, and the reason that he caught, always catches more fish than I do, is because he's a better fisherman than me. <laughs> True, but but he's not afraid to tell you. So we have to ride the horse down off of the mountain. It's a couple miles down through there, and there's a big lake up there, and uh, on and and there's a spillway. And we can't fish in the lake because that's private property. There's a sermon there too, by the way. (laughs) There's places they don't want you fishing. In Washington. (laughs) At the Capitol. So... We're up there, we're down there fishing, and one year, the, the creek was ate up with moss. There was moss in, in the creek, and one of those huge trout, probably about, probably about that big, came down off that spillway <clears throat> and was on top of that moss, and he was swimming on top of that moss. The water was about this deep, and he was on top of that moss, and we rode up there, and I said, Albert, get off your horse and catch that fish. And he's, he's, I mean, you got to know Albert to appreciate him, but he loves, he, he, he loves a challenge. And so he jumps off of his horse and he gets down, he jumps right in the water. The water's only about that deep. But he jumps in there and he's trying to, and fish are kind of slick. Some fish are hard to catch. Some fish are harder than other fish. You all know what I mean. He can't get him, and this fish takes off down the creek. And I jump, I'm on my horse, and I run this horse down there, and I'm an old bulldog, and I know how to haze things. And, 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 and I, I got in front of that fish in that creek on my horse, and I start splashing around that. That fish turns around. This is a fish story, <laughs> but it is true. This fish goes back up in there, and Albert gets down there, and he gets his hand underneath that fish, and he flips him out on the bank, and we caught the fish. Teamwork makes the dream work. But y'all got to be in the middle of it. And you got to want to do it. You you can't you don't have you can't mind getting wet. You don't mind if it rains on you. You Don't mind if you got to ride the horse off the mountain. It doesn't matter if there's problems. If it's important to you, you're you're just gonna fish because that's just who you are, and you're just just ate up with it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You're gonna make it happen, and they're not gonna let the circumstances of life mess you up while you're fishing. Fishermen instinctively fish. They look for reasons to fish rather than reasons not to fish. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I could I don't think I could teach a class. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I could really talk to anybody at Kroger's. I don't know about oh goodness. Fishermen Look for good fishing holes, and they look for reasons to fish. They never look for reasons not to fish. Paul Harvey made the statement, you all remember this, many in churches today have moved from being fishers of men to keepers of the aquarium. If we are not fishermen, are we really followers? It's a question. If we're not fishermen, are we really followers? I'd like to share with you in this time that I have left this morning to finish this message that I started last week. What happens when we don't do? What happens when we don't do what we were created to do? I've got a dog at the house. You've heard me talk about him before. He he uh he is a uh the DNA inside of this dog is to be a cow dog and he loves to work cows. And his purpose is to work cows and he can he just like instinctively goes to the cattle and and uh just kind of for lack of a better term, he terrorizes the cattle. I mean and you can't call him off while he's doing it because that's what he was born and bred to do. However, what happens is is that he's just fighting with the cows. And my first point today is when you don't fish, you're gonna fight. If you don't have a purpose and you don't know your purpose, but you have this instinct in you, which you, everybody in this room, everybody watching online has this instinct to follow Jesus because he put this eternity business in all of us. He said, eternity is born in everybody's heart. God placed this, this eternal wrestling and this tension inside of us that we have to deal with eternity. But then when we accept Christ as our personal savior, we introduce him to other people and that's that's what we'd call fishing for men. And so Trip, he just instinctively goes and he terrorizes them poor cows. And they don't know what he's doing. And you know why they don't know what he's doing? Because he don't know <laughs> what he's doing. He doesn't have a clue. He's never, and it's not for a lack of time. We've tried to train him. Caleb's tried to train him. We've all tried to train him. Trip is going to do what Trip wants to do, no matter what the master says, because Tripp has a mind. I know you wish all those other people were here in church today listening to this sermon. <laughs> they have a tendency to fight. There's a, Max Lucado, he told a story about his... Uh, he took his son fishing, and, his, and a friend of his sons. They took him up up in the the northeast, and uh, a northeasterner blew in while they were they were in their camper, and they had all their fishing gear. They had their hooks and everything. They was ready to go fishing. And the wind was blowing so hard on the lake that they couldn't even get out of the camper to go fishing. So they decided they'd wait till it blew over. Well, the next day it was worse. And and they were playing board game, playing Monopoly and everything. And the next thing they know, uh, they go to sleep and they wake up the next morning and and an ice storm came in. They couldn't hardly get the door open on the camper. And they didn't even pretend to try to get along at that point in time, he said, because when you don't do what you were created to do or what you came to do... Now, don't raise your hand, please, on this one, but does anybody spend too much of your time fighting with people that you're familiar with? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Fighting always happens when you get your mind on you more than you do on reaching other people for Jesus. Because when you don't do what you were created to do, you will always begin to fight. And the reason is, is because you're not getting what you want, instead of thinking about your different perspective about what God wants for you, it's more about what you want rather than what So when those who are called to fish don't fish, they fight. When energy, listen to this, when energy intended to be used outside is used inside, the result is explosive. Instead of casting nets, we cast stones. I would just ploy and just ask you today, if you're in the business of throwing stones, trade your stones in for nets, and begin to cast the nets out. And you'll be surprised what a blessing it will be to you when you actually do what you were created to do. The frustration of life will leave because the circumstances won't change, but your heart will. So instead of being fishing for loss, too many times we become critics of the saved So why did God put this instinct in us to fight? It's a good question. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says this. It says, I have fought a good fight. Paul talking. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. He said, I fought the good fight. The fight to take a hold in 1 Timothy six twelve, It says, fight the good fight. Of faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Take hold of the eternal life. The eternal life. Everybody say the eternal life. (laughs) Prioritize the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Take a hold. Too many times in our world today, there have been fearful people, intrepidatious people, and it's going against the current of this world. And fear takes a hold. And when fear takes a hold, what I mean by, we're always like, oh, I don't know if I should talk to my friends at school, or I don't know if I should talk to my... My coworkers, or or, or I don't know about my family, I don't know. Listen, when fear takes a hold, faith has a problem living in us. Years ago, I used to steer wrestle. And we were at Cheyenne, and we'd we'd steer wrestle. Steer wrestling is whenever you... uh, the 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 steer wrestler gets on this horse and then they have a hazen horse and the steer runs out there. You run your horse out there and when, when you go past that steer you get off on his horns and you throw him down. So but at Cheyenne, you let that you give that steer a 24 or 25 foot head start. What that means is by the time by the time you leave that box, that steer is clear out that that far. And by the time you catch up with him, you're a long, long way. It's the biggest arena in the world. And and you're, you're going, I don't know, probably 30, I don't know, 35 miles an hour. Then you get off on that steer and throw him down. And you wouldn't believe, like at Cheyenne, guys that really bulldog really good, and you never see this before, but they'll get their knee braces out. And, and they'll get their... Uh, uh, mouth guards, and I mean, they're like, you can tell they're afraid before they ever nod their head. And generally, they never win anything. A lot of times, they'll just ride by. But you know the ones that are ate up with it. You can tell the ones that are ate up. You just, they just can't wait to nod their head because they're, they're going to do it. And I think it's, it's the same way with life. Too many times we get fearful and we're like, oh, I don't know what's, I don't know. Listen, the only thing we know really is that eternity is a long time and that God loves us deeply. And whenever we love God and we love people, it doesn't matter if we mess up because honestly, people don't really care how much you know about God. They just want to know how much you care about them. And when we care about other people and we begin to fish for the kingdom of God, we can say the wrong things with the right heart and and God will honor that and, and people will come to know Jesus as their personal savior because you stepped out and you made a decision to speak up for the most important thing that will ever be in your life and that's the eternal things. I just want to stir it up inside of you this morning. Stir it up. Just stir it up. What causes fights and quarrels among you, don't they come from the desires of battle within you? In verse 2, it says, you desire, but but do not have. So you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. I just want to challenge you. I just double-dog dare you, challenge you to ask Jesus to help you. And to teach you how to fish so that you can catch the most fish that you've ever caught in your life, second thing we do when people don't fish, they not only fight but they also flee, they run when they don't when they don't fish and they don't do what they were created to do, a lot of times were, you remember the story of Peter whenever peter after jesus uh, was was just before Jesus was arrested. Jesus told Peter, he said, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. And Peter, he's like all of us. We, we think that we, we're just so spiritual. I would never deny Jesus. I mean, gee, and Peter was actually offended at the, at the point that Jesus made about, about Jesus because it was an attack on Peter's character. Y'all look so holy on me out there. Listen, <laughs> let me just tell you something. Whenever God wants to correct you, we can either take it with a good attitude or we can take it with a bad att- bad attitude. But either way, God, when he brings correction to you, he's going to do it because he loves you and because it's good for you. And either way, you're going to get corrected. So you might as well accept it with a good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, oh, no, not me, not me, not me. And then he did it, you know. He's like three people just out in the courtyard. And, and Peter, he's hanging out. And he's just hanging out. He's not, he just kind of wants to check things out and see what's going on. And then, hey, I thought you were Jesus. Oh, no, not me, not me. And then, next, I thought, and then the third one, it says he went to cussing. And then all of a sudden, it's, <laughs> Peter. The Bible says that he went out and he wept bitterly. You all remember those times whenever you transgressed with God and you came to that moment when you realized that you had bought into deception. Do you all remember that? And then all of a sudden you have to make a decision. Am I going to follow Christ or am I going listen, listen to... Here's what... Listen to what Peter, happened to Peter... Uh, Peter lost sight of the goal, and he lost sight of God's purpose. We all have an opportunity to run away from God, run away from our purpose, or run, uh, run to God's purpose to embrace eternity, or pretend that there is no eternity and just hope there's no eternity. Too much about our plan, and many times not about God's plan. The storms of life can cut in on eternal life. When we lose sight of our call to fish, we tend to flee the little problems. And inevitably, those little problems turn into bigger problems. Inevitably. Y'all remember that? Inevitably, if you don't deal with the little problems, they'll turn into bigger problems. But he also said this, if you'll be faithful in the little things, the little thing. If you can start fishing, at least get the hook in the water. And you got to develop, a you got you to learn how to fish before you're going to be a good fish. So I watch Albert, I watch Albert and just see how he fishes and, and just learn. But if we'll learn how to fish and be faithful in those little things, then it says that he will make you ruler over me. So if you get kind of good at it, and you take care of what you can do and look, f- look for opportunities, then he's going to open up more opportunities. then next thing you know, you're going to be really good at it, but you'll never get good at it until you take that first step and try That's right. Put the hook in the water. The little things we was up at the, uh, about a week and a half ago, we was a friend of mine we went to a rope in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And uh, we always do a devotion before the before the day. We get up early and do a devotion and pray together. And uh, we were doing the devotion, and that that scripture came up of being faithful in the little things. And I think that it's 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 important to be obedient in the little things because you, the bigger things won't won't happen until you take care of the little things. And we began to discuss, like, the week prior to that, like, five people came down and gave their hearts to the Lord, and and we was talking about that. And uh, then we were talking about if we would be more excited about winning the rope in that day or having five people come up and giving their heart to the Lord, what would be more important to us? Now, I know you all are just like, Oh, I know, I know, I know. listen <laughs> we have to be careful about our priorities because yeah. we've been so blessed at this church that people come down and give their hearts to the Lord a lot because it's it's just it's the it's the greatest gift known. But if we're not careful, we will become complacent with the blessings of God. And because we don't win the roping every week, we will think it's more fun to win the roping than to have five people come up and give their hearts to the Lord. That's priorities out of line. So we had to realign our thinking and really understand that no matter what happened that day, that we needed to fish And to be a blessing to someone and perhaps bring somebody into the kingdom of God while we were roping and to prioritize Jesus and prioritize fishing and then let the roping be secondary to what is more important. And it just so happened that I won the roping. (laughs) It was crazy, just crazy, because it, it wasn't my priority, my number one priority that day. But it was interesting that God blessed that when I blessed the kingdom of God by putting him first. I'm not telling you how it's going to all wind up for you, but I'm just telling you that I got that buckle because I prioritized Jesus. Simple. Simple fishing takes our mind off of us and places it on others and ultimately an eternal God. I would say this, and I have to say this, as humble as i know how that most anxiety and most depression happens because we are more focused on ourselves than we are on focused on f- fishing f- for men and helping other people get into heaven we, we just it's just something about our society we have become so focused inwardly so there is a jewish man that he had a son and his son converted to christianity <clears throat> and so he didn't know what to do because he was like he went to a friend a jewish friend and in his 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 uh he told his friend that and he said it's funny you should ask that because my son converted to Christianity. And he said, But but it's it's interesting because he brings a different perspective in our lives. And so the guy he was like, Well, he didn't know what to think about that. So he went to his rabbi and he talked to his rabbi and and uh he said uh, his rabbi said funny thing you should ask, but he said, My son converted to Christianity. He wanted he he has decided to 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 Pursue the priesthood, and uh, but it's interesting because we we celebrate Christmas as a family, but we go with him, and then he comes over, celebrates the high holidays with with us, and it's a, it's different. But you know, it's it's a different perspective, and and so the 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 guy is like he wasn't getting the answer he wanted, so he decided to get down on his knees and pray and ask God. And he said, he said, God, he says, you know, my son's converted over to Christianity, and, and I don't know what to do about it. And, and I just, I just want to know if you had any, any insight that you could share with me. And in in God, the Father, spoke to him. He said, it's funny that you would come to me. <laughs> Some of y'all got it. But it really is about perspective. It's about perspective. You know, we, we, call, we call Good Friday, Good Friday, but I don't think it was that good for Jesus. Yeah. It was good for us. But we call it Good Friday because we're, we're kind of interested in our perspective more than we are. God help us, right? Help us to be more interested in his, come on with me, in his perspective than in our perspective because our perspective in and of ourselves continues to be really flawed. So the last point is when fishermen don't fish, they not only fight and they not only flee, but they also have a tendency to forget. Peter John 21, 1 through 3. Jesus wanted to know where he could find Peter after Peter denied Jesus. Simon Peter told the rest of them, He says, I'm going out to fish. After he denied Jesus, everything, all the dust settled of the the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. Peter was disappointed in himself. He said, I'm going fishing. And they said, well, we'll we'll go with you. So they went out and got in the boat. But that night they didn't catch anything. By the way, you don't ever catch fish if Jesus is not in the middle of it. So he's returning to his past, to the life that he knew best. The the fisher of men had once again became a fisherman and reverted back and he forgot about the goodness of God. After Jesus' resurrection and a meal with Peter, he went back to fishing for men by the way, restoration is what Jesus does. Restoration is what Jesus does. That's, that's who God is. I don't know how you can sit so still when I'm telling you something so good. I said restoration. That's what Jesus does. That's who Jesus is. That's my God. My God is a God that restores, a God who brings back. And the same God that forgave Peter of denying him and cussing and all that stuff, he said, after he was raised from the dead, he said, go get the disciples. And then he said this. And Peter. God wanted to know that Peter still meant a lot to him. In spite of his issues and his problems, God still loved Peter the same. It didn't ever change how much God loved him that Peter messed up. That's the kind of God I serve. It's the God of the restoration. Thank you, Lord. If we accept Jesus' message, it says those in Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The same Peter that denied Jesus and was accepted back into the family of God was the one that preached the sermon where 3,000 people got saved on the day of Pentecost. And if God used Peter... God used Peter. Oh, I love Jesus. I love him more when I have a revelation of who he is. If we accept Jesus' message, we need to get baptized because they got baptized, those who accepted his message. If you've been wrestling, oh, I don't know if I need to get baptized or not. Let me tell you something. If you accept Jesus' message, you better get baptized. That's what he said. I didn't make that up. It's not for me. It's for you. So there's an old story I ran across that tells of Jesus and his encounter as he, re- he re-entered heaven after his resurrection. <clears throat> They're having a little. This is not in the Bible, by the way. It's a it's a it's a made up story, but it's relevant. Jesus goes back up into heaven and and the angels see Jesus, and they see the, the scars in his hand, and they see where the, the soldiers pierced his side, and they saw where the, the crown of thorns was, was on his head, the scars from the crown of thorns, and, and Gabriel says to Jesus, says, Master, you must have gone through so much down there in, Jesus says, yes, there, there was some suffering. He said, well, did, did they hear your message? And, and, and what's, what's the plan for them hearing your message? He says, who, who, who's going to carry on this message about your love and your sacrifice? And Jesus said, well, I've got Peter and John, the rest of the disciples, and there's a few others that are going to carry this message throughout the whole world. And Gabriel, not wondering how all that's going to work, he says, Master, he says, uh, Don't you have a backup plan? I mean, this is this like. We're talking about fishermen down here and these. I mean, is it what what if what if they fail? What if they don't do and they don't carry this message up? Don't you have another plan? And Jesus responded like this: He said, There is no other plan. I have put my trust in these and all of the others to carry my message of love, of how much I love them and how much I care for them. And I trust these people. I don't have a backup plan. They are my backup plan. Lord, so many times we feel inadequate When it comes to carrying your message we feel inadequate to bring the truth of your word of god but lord we also know that you have put your faith and your confidence in us and holy spirit that you said that you would you would teach us lord help us to be teachable help us lord to be humble Help us to change our perspective where it's not just about us, but it's about other people and and your love for them and our love for you. and, And Lord, may we understand that the main reason you came was to seek and to save those who were lost. So Lord, I pray, oh God, that you would help each one of us to have this same passion and this same purpose that you had, oh God, that we would uh, have your heart for people understanding that people are your greatest treasure, oh God. <laughs> we thank you, Lord, for using broken people to bring a perfect message. We thank you, Lord, that you've provided a way for each one of us to come into your presence this morning for everybody online and everybody here in this building i pray oh god that you holy spirit would do what you do best and bring your peace and bring your joy bring your discipline bring what you bring what only you can bring to our hearts and minds today and pray oh god that you would have your way in jesus name i'd like for everybody to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed if this morning i want you to understand something that the bible says and you know this it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life god's plan was never for anybody to go to hell because hell was prepared for the devil and his angels but the bible says because the iniquity of the people hell hath enlarged itself I just want to challenge you this morning to understand that God has prepared a place in heaven for you, but it's a choice and a decision that you have to make. What's interesting about it is that we have all sinned, the Bible said, and come short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. I've sinned. Everybody on staff has sinned. Everybody in this building has sinned. Everybody watching online. We've all sinned. But Jesus said that if we would accept him as our personal savior, he said that we could be born again, that we could be born of the spirit and that we can have this eternal blessing of being born of the spirit. But it's a choice that everybody has to make. I can't make that decision for you. Your mama couldn't make it for you. Your daddy couldn't make, nobody can make that decision for you except you. So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your personal savior, Maybe if you have and you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. And I, I, I want God to know I, I love him. And, and I want to spend eternity with Jesus. Slip your hand up high. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Yep, thank you. Leave your hand up, please, until we get a Bible in it, please. Yep, thank you. Leave your hand up. Thank you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. I need it. Need, I'm not ashamed to say... I need Jesus in my life. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Yeah, back in the back. Yep. Thank you. <clears> there <throat> you go, baby. Yeah, thank you. It's the greatest privilege. It's 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 you can put your hand down once you get your Bible. Let me tell you something. It's not one of, like this is not like one of those late night uh Shows where they're trying to sell you stuff, and there's a catch to it. There is no catch to it. The catch to it is that God really loves you and He wants to spend eternity with you. But you have to make that decision yourself. Don't let pride keep you out of heaven. Don't let pride keep you from making that decision. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. <laughs> Sip your hand up high. Anybody? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. If you raise your hand, I want to I want you to look up at me. Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you? Come on up and let me pray. Back in the back, if you don't mind, thank you. Come on up, let me pray with you. I'm so proud of you. Tell me your name. Heather. Heather, bless you. Stay here, I wanna pray with you. What's your name? Callie. Callie, bless you girl. We're all crybabies <laughs> here, so don't worry about that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Come on. Oh, she's going the wrong way. <laughs> I think there's somebody else back there that raised their hands, if you don't mind. No, no, Sure. Okay. All right. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray with y'all, okay? This is like, here's what the, here's what the Bible says. It says that when somebody comes to the Lord, it says the angels in heaven rejoice. This is important stuff. I can't comprehend all that stuff. I don't get it all, but it says they rejoice in heaven because one person. So I can imagine what's happening in heaven right now. They're like, "Hey, something's going on down there in Montgomery. Come on, guys, let's get together." And if you raise your hand out there, and, and you, or, or even if you didn't come up, pray this prayer, mean it in your heart, and then get baptized, and and. I mean it's like this so what I want to do the Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead that we'll be saved so here you ever wondered what the true religion was have you ever wondered about that Like, because there's a lot of them out there right do you know why we do this I'm going to go with the one who has power over death that makes sense to me doesn't it you I mean, Buddha, Muhammad, none of them boys, they ever was raised from the dead. Jesus. So what I want to do, i want to pray with you, okay? Let's pray. And just repeat after me. Y'all help us pray. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus thank, you thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross, thank you for, dying on the cross. for my sins. Lord I, Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray keep your heads bowed keep y'all keep your heads bowed for a minute I want to ask you stay here for just a second I know there's somebody out there in, in the audience this morning that you accepted Jesus as your personal savior somebody watching online if you if you accepted Jesus and you meant that in your heart you didn't come up but you meant it in your heart and you got your life right with God raise your hand I want to see your hand raise your hand up high preacher that's me I got my yep thank you thank you yep thank you Somebody watching online, put your hand on. I I don't know how you do that. Push a button. and There's a little thing up there. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a blessing. I'm so proud of y'all. Listen, don't look back at all the stuff in your past. Let let God guide you. And uh, you'll still have the same problems you had when you came up. But you'll be able to deal with them differently now. Because ask Jesus to help you. Just pray. Just talk to him like we're talking. You Say, Lord, I need help with this. Read your Bible. I love you. Go visit with these guys for just a second. God bless you. Stand with you, please. Hallelujah. Reeling them in, baby. Reeling them in prioritization, prioritizing what God prioritizes and your perspective on what God prioritizes is life and death to you. To see people the way God sees them and to love people the way God loves them it's life and death. And to love God The way that God loves you and he loves me, there's a lifelong challenge. How many needs to do a better job of fishing for men? Raise your hand. Say, I just need to do a better job. I want to pray for you. Raise both hands and surrender to him. Lord, you see our hands. We are uh, in need today of uh, a miraculous revelation from you, O God. We thank you, Lord, that your word is living and powerful. And I pray, oh God, that you would speak your word into us, Lord. That when we see people, we would see them differently, Lord. That we would actually love the unlovable, Lord. That we would reach people that you want us to reach. That only we can reach. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see through your eyes of love oh god and to be able to portray you and to be your representative of a fallen world to this fallen world and i pray lord that you would just help us to be the 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 answer to the world through you in jesus name we speak victory to everybody everybody watching online in jesus name and everybody said amen Amen. god bless y'all listen we got our prayer team up here come on And and give prayer, and we're going to have church again next week.